Oh, oh, hello. Good morning. It's an early one for you. Busy, busy, busy. Woo. I am trying to get lots of things out the door. Yeah? You mm. shipping it? You're shipping it? Mm, what couldn't you ship? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Everything, everything's happening, Dan. Yeah, what is it? Tell me. Okay, my upload is done. Okay. I'm quitting. I'm clicking. I'm closing Google Docs. You get Sierra up, up and running? Oh, gosh, no. No. Uh, I think it's <laughs> might have automatically downloaded. Yeah, I think it downloaded onto all of my Macs because now it's telling me that it's there <laughs> and I should upgrade. Huh. You got a feeling on that? Uh, for me, you know, I'm in that I'm in that position where I don't feel like it's the right time yet. It's not the right time. Yeah. Because I've, you know, we just, I, I mean, we can do talk about this another time, but Fireside is out there and people are in the in it, hundreds of people using it. And I feel like with the rate that uh that they're finding a little bug here, a little tweak there, a thing here, I can't I can't take time away from that to set up a new operating system and hope that my development environment all works perfectly within it because it never does. And then that could that could be an anywhere from an hour to days to get everything working. I just can't. I just can't. But I want to. I want to play around with it. What do you want from it? I, I mean, like I the only main thing I want. I want to be able to uh, walk up to it with the Apple Watch that I don't have anymore because I gave it to my mom and unlock it. That's it. Once I can no, do I that, I understand that statement. I can't even tell if you're kidding. I am kidding. Okay, there's no, not really <laughs> there's not really me. much I want from it at all. Actually, yeah. I mean, it's um. Eh, yeah, we talked about this so many times, but you know the the what I perceive to be the benefits of what Sierra has to offer feel incremental. Um, I, and, but the stuff that's not incremental the stuff that is big stuff is not stuff that I feel like I need right now. The Siri thing is fun. That sounds cool. I don't know how much I'd really, I don't know how much I need to be using that right now. So now nah. Apple watch thing sounds like that's still a little half baked. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I'm fine to type a password. It's not that hard. Um, yeah, I don't know, but you know, God bless you, the people who are doing it. I just, uh, there just also seems to be this legacy and this might be just, just bad perception or thinking error, but it feels like there is this recent legacy of audio in particular, uh, either strictly breaking, having bugs, or often as not just simply not being supported in a recent OS 10 release, because for some reason the audio people, I guess, don't run betas. But I see. I feel like last time <laughs> yeah, I, I had a lot of trouble going through. You know, anytime I had to do something with going through a mixer, like I'm using this uh, Tascam two by two, and I seem to remember there being weird, unexplained problems. So, always, it it seems like the audio stuff is always the last to get updated, to get updated right, to have drivers to be stable. You know, if you look at like how long it takes Pro Tools to certify their you know, like the, the, their version of software on the latest operating system. It's, it's usually months, if not longer. And that's why I think if you're doing audio or even software development and it's not, you're not trying to build software for Sierra or for iOS 10 or whatever, if, if you're in any other kind of software development, like I do Rails, then think of your computer as an appliance in the way that you think of like your car or your refrigerator or your washing machine or whatever. Like if it's working now and you're productive with it, then ask if you really need to upgrade at all or when, you know, or time it to do it in such a way that 
every single tool that you use has had plenty of time to develop whatever fixes, updates that they need to do to do it. You know, I used to Mm -hmm. be so excited before, really before like the five by five days. I used to get so excited. Oh, new operating system. Can't wait. I'll install day one. Day one. Yeah. And now like give, give me some real good reasons to do it. And those reasons are going to include everything I use is going to work on it because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just, it's just scary otherwise. Yeah. And I think, this, well, I'm probably just restating this, but I think there's something to be said for letting everybody else find the bugs yeah. because it's a, it's an, it's a new release. And anytime something new comes out, there will be issues. You know, part of it is definitely a totally rational functional reason which is that I've got things mostly working the way I want it to work and I don't want things to to break or be different in a way that isn't useful to me. And, you know, you do invariably find things that are different. I mean, think about when like Adobe changed the Photoshop uh, key commands and people are like, ah, oh, yeah. like my job is different now. I thought this would be better. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, I think it's a little optimistic to assume that because it's new, it's going to be better. I'm not trying to be a curmudgeon. Here, here's the other part, though. This is the less rational part. This is the my brain part. Actually, I talked about this with Roderick the other day because, as, as you certainly know, he's been having internet problems. Yeah. And there's just this feeling of craziness when you're not sure. First of all, when you're not sure if something is broken, but then when you know that it's not working and you have no way to know why it's not working. Yeah. And that is... that takes a, a, a mental and emotional toll on me. That sounds silly to say that, but like, I don't like feeling nuts because my computer isn't working the way I expected. And you're, Merlin, you and I, we're computer people, really. I used to be. Well, I used no, to I've, be up to date. You, you still are. But the, the concept is like, if something goes wrong right away, you've got, okay, you've got 10 things it could be, and now narrowing it down to seven, now four, now three, that's one of these two things. And, you know, think about people who are not like that, where, you know, they're, and I was thinking about this, just this morning, it, like there's lots and lots of people for whom who they are very smart in the thing that they do. It's nothing to do with intelligence, right? But they sit there and they're like, I, this isn't working. I have no idea why. Like your car dies on the side of the road. And you're like, I'm not a mechanic and I don't know how to fix, you know, a 2015 Honda. So I guess I'm waiting for the tow truck. Like that's how right. it is, except you're in your own house and you can't use the internet. <laughs> Right, and you can't find out. And again, to repeat something I said to John yesterday, you know, it's it's doubly, triply, super weird because if your internet goes down, it's hard to find out why your internet went down because you don't have the internet to find out why your internet went down. Right. You know, it's internet all the way down. And you could use your phone to do that or whatever. But I, as I related to him, one of the most, I would say a, a thing that I get with Comcast, I, it feels like twice a year at least, is Comcast goes down. Which is well, which is to say that suddenly the TV show stops working, or I can't get to websites, um, and that that presents itself as the cable is down. So at that point, it could be that some major backbone area is just down. It could be something in my area. It could be that a cable fell out somewhere in my house. Like I don't know why it happened, but you know, a couple times a year now I know it's because their DNS servers went down, and if if you Go put in Google or Open DNS or, or whatever as your Comcast numbers, uh, DNS numbers. You you won't have that outage. But how many people know that? How many people would know to even like discover like why it went down? How how many people would know to go to their airport and enter in you know different DNS servers? 
Right. You, there's, there's no way to know what's wrong. So I just like to save myself from that. And this is a release where, and this is, I don't, this, I don't mean this in a disparaging way at all. I'm, when I get it, I'm sure I'll love it. It's just that unlike iOS 10, I can't see an immediate benefit. Yeah. To upgrading with iOS 10, it's a no brainer. So much stuff works so much better. There's so much more that apps can do now on iOS 10. And I'm, I'm just totally loving it. I, you know, and iOS 10 is a different case for me because once there is a release version, I kind of wait for, you know, maybe 12 hours, 24 hours to make sure that there isn't some kind of serious event like we had with the last one. And if, if generally people are, are not saying that their devices have been bricked, as we talked about, then I'll go ahead and, and update that. But when it comes to that, that place of work, you know, especially if I think your Photoshop example is perfect because they released a version and people upgrade and they said, wait a minute, this muscle memory that I've invested in this, this piece of software for years and years and maybe decades, all of a sudden, like, I, wait, that's different? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Like five minutes ago, I hit uh, Command-I in TextMate and something broke with my script that italicizes and I got like slash bin slash blah, 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 replaced it. And I was like, ah, like a shower of sparks coming out of my text editor. You know, I don't know what caused it. It's probably just some little, you know, nonce thing that will not be there next time. But you get so used to that. It becomes like a light switch or it becomes like, you know, running water yeah. where you, you really do notice the disruption. Well, but, it's, it's like right now there's this huge hurricane, Hurricane Matthew, which I think is a category, I think it's a cat four today and it doesn't show any signs of weakening. Yeah. And it's either, it's probably what, what they say as of like right now, probably not going to make landfall on Florida, but South Carolina, maybe, maybe North Carolina, it looks like maybe, but it's coming so close that it will basically be like a major hurricane, uh, brushing against the coast of Florida, which is where my, my mom and family lives, where my in-laws family, you know, is. And, it's, uh, you know, it, we were, ta- I was talking to her this morning and she's saying, you know, like they just had a regular old thunderstorm last week and they lost power for an hour or so. And she's, you know, starting to obviously get worried about what's going to happen down there. And I said, you know, do you, do you have any little UPSs? Do you have anything like that that you could plug in even to just run a, a lamp or charge your phone if you're spending a day without power you know and and you talk about little changes and little disruptions and we take it for granted the running of the water and uh and things like that yeah yeah i totally agree um but everyone should everyone should have uh at least one i think ups in their house that's uh not just for connecting to your computer because when i was talking to her about it she's like oh well those are for computers i said well yeah i mean they're they're designed for computers they're built with that as a target audience but they work great if you just want to plug a lamp into it or a radio into it, that's a or good idea. Charge your your phone. You know, it's there's, you know, obviously we can go and get a cheap battery operated radio. Yes, but if you're going to be without power for more than a few hours, and your phone is now the main way that you're reading or hearing about the news or watching the news or the your main line to talk to people. Uh, and you know, gosh, yeah, you want to be able to charge that thing up. And I have, I think we have four or five of these UPSs in our house, uh, just in different rooms, you know, and I highly recommend, I'll put one in the show notes because these things are just, if you're in an area where you get storms or frequent power outages or might get a hurricane. I have a weird thing I wish I could do. I've thought about this for a long time. It used to be 
again, as I said to John, I, you know, my Comcast service has been pretty fast and pretty solid mostly for a while. I'm happy to say, yeah. but, but there's sometimes where like this will evidence itself as, uh, for example, I can't do something remotely. I can't VNC in or something, or I'm right. noticing that some port is not responding and remotely. And I'm like, Hmm. And so I try to run without having to go to the office. I'll try and run through the array of what that could be. And I, I wish there were a way to have something like a, what an LTE UPS. <laughs> I wish there were a way that I could ping my UPS to restart without using Wi-Fi. Because if the Wi-Fi is down, it couldn't get to it, right? But like if I had a UPS on which my, to which I had attached my airport and my modem, my surfboard, mm -hmm. if that gets hung up, there's no way to, you see what I'm saying? There's no way to get that to that remotely. It'd be kind of cool if there was a way. They, they have these, they have these. Um, really? Yes, but you're, and you're not going to like this part. Generally speaking, um, they, they use telephone lines for them uh, oh, sure, to reboot sure. them the the other thing there are other ones and again i don't think this is going to help you much if you can't get to the network the other ones are on uh ip so that you would plug it into your network essentially and do it but i remember back in my old system administration days we used to have problems with modems not resetting correctly and we had like a dial-in modem and a computer that people would use to dial in and, and do remote work and it was always hanging up. It was always running into problems. And so we used to have these remote reboot switches. We had one on our CC mail gateway server too. And we could remotely dial a phone number. And I, I think there would be like a little prompt and you'd press one and it would, it would kill the power and start it back up. So that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it could be accomplished because it doesn't some of them have web like interfaces now too i think well it seems like it doesn't at least in my head it seems like it doesn't need to be on the ups it seems like you could have something like a wemo yeah in, as long as it's rated to handle that kind of load of the ups but it seems like you could have something like a wemo in between the outlet and the plug you could but then well, that here's would one that be, monitors internet connectivity and cycles power outlet when connection is lost what yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Mm. I'm going to look at that in show notes. Where would people find show notes for this episode? On thi For this episode? This episode we're recording right now, episode diggity 292 of your back to work program. 5x5.tv slash B is in boys, 2 is in the number, W is in walrus slash 292. 292. I just added that. I'm not saying, I'm not endorsing that one. No. The retweets are not endorsements. No. I don't know what that means. Why do people say that, Dan? I don't, I don't know because it's, Why, everything's I mean, political right now. <laughs> but it's also it's so it's so self important. Is it is you're is it because you're a journalist and you're reporting by hitting retweet, and that's your way of saying I'm just saying. Like, what does it I, mean when you say retweets are not endorsements? And why do people feel the need to say that? Okay, here's what I think. I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll throw in. I think if let's say you said something, and I. I, I retweeted that thing and I didn't say I'm not endorsing that statement. Maybe I'm retweeting you because I can't believe you said that. And I'm outraged. Like, Oh my God, can you believe the things that this person is saying over here? Look Christ, at what this what person. Asshole. Yeah. And then, and, and, and then my retweet wouldn't be like, yeah, I feel the way that guy feels. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Okay, no, no, that, <laughs> anyway, that makes sense. You're going to protect your online brand. No, yeah. 
Have you ever seen that, um, the idea that, that somewhere out there, there should be a universal caption that you could put onto every New York cartoon? Oh, whoa. No, I haven't seen that. Um, and <laughs> here, here's three. The, the, one of my favorites, I think the, maybe the original one was, um, Christ, what an asshole. Like you, you can put that on almost any New Yorker cartoon and it works. Uh, here's one. Here's one. This, uh, Frank, uh, oh, Frank, uh, Chimero. I'm not, I never know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, everyone was apparently very bored at work that day. That one works really well. And then what was the other one somebody added? I'd like to add you to my, uh, network on LinkedIn, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, I'd like to add you to my professional network on LinkedIn. That's Just, pretty good. I know, you know it doesn't make sense when you're not looking at the visuals, but go to any New Yorker cartoon and try those. And it's really funny. Christ, what an asshole. Um, you're very energetic at net, uh, nine in the morning. Yeah, time. this is, this is my time, man. When we do it at one in the afternoon, oh, that's yeah. sleep, that's sleepy time. This you is just my had a burrito or something. Yeah, big burritos. That's what big I eat. Big burritos. I mean, that's what I get every day. Big old burritos. Oh, they have a side of corn with that? Yeah. Can I have extra corn? Can <laughs> I have corn? <laughs> I'm in a funny place because it's been a crazy morning. Uh, I've had some stimulants. <laughs> have so you? My, yeah, my, my body's raging awake and my brain is still catching up. What kind of so, stimulants? Like, like, caffeine oh, stimulants or oh yeah yeah i had some coffee and i had an allergy pill and um that's pretty much it i thought allergy pills school. sedated well it's uh you know it's a decon it's like a, it's like behind the counter oh uh the good, nasal. The good stuff ah so gross if you want to be able to breathe in san francisco you have to show id because guess what you might be making meth yeah yeah it's they like have really that here 24 24 of these little Stupid allergy pills or whatever. What are they? What do you call them? Decongestants, like you know, Claritin or not Claritin. What's it called? Claritin D. I don't know. Oh yeah, I know those things. Sure. Yeah, like so. Yeah, I'm making meth. Break. I don't know. They should put ephedrine back on the market. That helped a lot of people. Oh boy, I wish that was back. Um, huge week, big week, 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 week. Uh, ephedrine is a medication used to prevent low blood sugar during spinal anesthesia. E p h e d r i n e. It has also been used for asthma, bronco, 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 bronco narcolepsy, and obesity, bronco, but it's not the preferred treatment. Also called trucker speed. Would you inject this into a muscle? Trucker speed. I don't know what kind of work does he do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ah, good morning, Vietnam. Yeah, Ooh. I like this. Let's do it from now on at this time. This is great. Mm. You know what? That's not going to happen. You take your um, ephedrine and... I wish. I'll just you know, be I still normal. Gotta, I still got a Google spreadsheet uh, comparing the price of ephedrine over the years. It's, uh, it's a terrible thing what they did with that. The EpiPen? Is that oh, what's in gosh. an EpiPen? Sure. Oh, that's epinephrine. You oh. don't want to mix those up. You know, if your kid gets a bee sting and they start swelling up and stuff, don't give them ephedrine. No. Mm-mm-mm. Words that sound like other words. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, listen. Yeah. Thank you, so you, you there, because there's some people who don't listen to your other show. Um, let's talk about the new Twitter account that you found, please. What? Oh, you do you listen to that show? I listen to I listen to things. I see things. Oh, but you've heard it. You, hear it, you listen occasionally. Oh gosh, I. Um. Yes. How did I discover? <sighs> because this? I think this is at a high level of import as a public service announcement. People must know about this. I do agree. I agree because, so basically there's a Twitter account 
that, I don't know, I don't know if you'd agree, I feel like it has the flavor of the old internet, where people used to yeah. post, like, funny pictures, <laughs> funny, strange pictures of things. And I guess what, is, is this a 4chan thing? Is this a Reddit thing? I don't know. It's called Cursed Images. It's at <laughs> twitter.com slash cursed images. <laughs> and some of them are not safe for anything, but... They're just disturbing. It's just disturbing. The latest one is a woman standing on a highway wearing a gas mask, staring at smoke <laughs> in the distance. <laughs> Near her um, abandoned car. The one with the, the yard full of, I count, about 20 badgers and one cat. Cursed image 913. <laughs> Get down a little bit. What are some oh, of the... That's good. Oh, the one I showed to John yesterday, the guy eating, uh, eating caviar and drinking a tumbler of vodka. <laughs> the person in an oxygen tent playing violin. The one with the two dogs, but one of them is a snow sculpture that is identical to the real dog. Uh, Ten eggs on a bed, cracked. (laughs) Uh, Dog standing on water. So good. It's so good. I just, I don't know how they found these images. (laughs) They're so, they're They're so so perfect. The one with the three, I'm going to assume they're monks of some kind, watching a TV, which is just a close-up picture of an eye. In, yeah. in a very sort of dingy, old-looking place with the TV the mural up. mural of an ocean on the it's wall. so weird. Somebody put their crotch rocket motorcycle in bed and covered it up. I love it. I don't know where, how you found this. It is, it changed, I spent, I lost at least an hour to this the other day. How about that vase full of uh, spaghetti with tomato sauce in it? <laughs> <laughs> the guy on the couch with the orange Speedo. <laughs> that vase is compelling i want that there's someone sewing a fried egg oh my goodness (laughs) this is so good so disturbing Uh, this this is the internet the way i think you and i remember it and still kind of think of it yeah yeah no i I enjoy this a lot the pleasure throne oh look at that oh man (laughs) what is the backstory on it it looks like a trade show. They got pipe and drape oh and a God. sign. Let the adventure begin. The pleasure throne. You are limited only by your quote unquote imagination. <laughs> right. They got an 800 number. Oh, hmm, they got man. some brochures. I hope they clean that thing. Um, do, 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 do. Somebody got a green day ticket tattooed on their arm. Oh, there's the dogs. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the internet can still be fun. That's a, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I'm still enjoying all, a lot of those tumblers. Those like retro 60s tumblers are really fun. Retro sci-fi tumblers. Um, so this week, we have tons of things we can talk about. I finally started uh, kind of trawling through uh, emails and I, I found a bunch of emails that seemed in need of uh, a, there were nice emails that like would be interesting to talk about on the show. Also nice follow-up with suggestions from people. I don't know if, if that would interest you. Uh, I've got a few pieces of that we could talk about. I could also talk about how I use a notebook. We could talk, are you on the Plex uh, Cloud Sync? I saw it and I have not tried it. I'm very curious to hear about this. Yeah, that's that's interesting. We had lots of people write to us about TV. Um, we can go any direction you want. What do you feel like doing? Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boil water for, for another coffee. Do you want to tell me about something you like? I would love to. And this actually uh, fits in with our earlier discussion just perfectly. We have uh, a lovely sponsor, FreshBooks. They've sponsored us before, but right before the show this morning, uh, they called me. And we, did a, we did a go-to meeting where they shared their desktop and showed me, walked me through this brand. They have redesigned FreshBooks from the ground up. It is blew me away blew blew me away it is 
absolutely amazing. FreshBooks has been the easiest to use, most elegant, most straightforward invoicing system, I think, on the internet anywhere. And I've been using it since the very beginning. I was a customer long before they were a sponsor of this program. And when they showed me this new thing today, I was just nodding my head the whole time like, yes, this is, this is going to be amazing. Life is a freelancer. Life is a small, medium-sized business. It totally, it, you can jump right into this and it's the way they've, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm actually excited about it because I spend so much time in this every single day that they've taken it and they've completely rethought it. It's a ground up rewrite and it's built exactly the way that we work. They have paid attention to how people have been using FreshBooks for years and they said, you know what, this is the kind of, this is where people are spending their time in the application. This is the kind of feedback when uh, requests that we've got and feature requests that we've got. They're not just coming up with a design and saying, oh, we'll make it look cool. This is based on how people use it and what people want and the features that we've been asking for. It's not only ridiculously easy to use, these powerful features that they've added into it are amazing. When you build your invoices now, they you actually see the invoice on the screen it's not just like a form you're you're looking at the invoice you can still set up uh, all the online payments with like two clicks you can accept credit cards through it with two clicks in everything and it's right there there's nothing is buried nothing is hidden it's all it's just a super clean easy to uh, to use interface it's gorgeous they have a 30 day unrestricted free trial you go to uh, freshbooks.com/backtowork and enter back to work, uh, separate words, back to work in the how did you hear about us section, and, uh, and you'll get this, this free trial. But here's the thing. If you're a current FreshBooks user, and you're going to go in there right now, you're still going to see your old system. And you can, you can tell them, either on Twitter, at FreshBooks, or uh, via the support request, tell them, I want to upgrade to the new version. If you're a new customer starting now, you're going to start out with the new version. Oh, that's kind of, that, that's smart. And the reason that's, they did that's that. That's the last place you want to see innovation on a day when you need to get stuff done. Well, exactly. And it's, it's not that the new version can't do everything the old one can do, but they, things are different. Like you said, they've remapped the, uh, the Photoshop keys. You know, things are different. And if there are a couple of features here and there that maybe they're, they're still polishing or getting it, they don't want you to feel like, oh man, that feature that I needed that's different place or it's different or it's not, it's not ready oh, yet. Jiminy, this is pretty. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so, gorgeous. It's really, it was already a beautiful site to use, but now it's so simplified. Like it's, oh, e- it's really easy cool. for, for me to talk nicely about one of our amazing sponsors, but this one I'm super excited about because this is something I use every day and it's really, really, really good. Uh, go check it out. Freshbooks.com slash back to work. Enter the words back to work in the how did you hear about us and we'll get credit for that. Go try it out. If you're not on FreshBooks or if you've ever seen it before and you, you, you want to check this out, go in there, sign up. You'll get the new version. And if you want to upgrade to the new version, which we did this morning, uh, you just tell them on Twitter or submit a, a, a little request and they'll, they'll bump you to the new version. So go check it out. Thank you, FreshBooks. Great work, guys. Super, super cool launch. Nice work, FreshBooks. You know, on, uh, on Sherlock... Um, Holmes and Watson have a, have a code phrase that they use. It's like, kind of like a safe word. Like when they want to, want to let each other know that something's about to go down. Oh, they have a code phrase. What is it? Vatican cameos. Vatican cameos. Yeah. So, so how do you work that into a sentence? Well, 
you, uh, you, you don't, you just kind of, you say something about da, 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 Vatican cameos. And then Watson goes, hmm? and, you know, he's always got a pistol cause he's Watson. And, uh, you know, you know, it's time that the stuff is about to go down. So maybe we should do that with sponsors. If it's a sponsor, I can't decide if we should use it for sponsors. We like a lot or sponsors where we're kind of, eh, but we should find a way we'll work in Vatican cameos. You know what? Let's do it in every spot and let, let the listener figure it out. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Start starting in the future. Not now. You know, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, Sierra. It's like when Spock is talking to uh, Admiral Kirk in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and he's like, yes. buy the book. How long will it take to get the uh, Enterprise running again? And then that, that told him to scale everything up so that because they knew Khan was listening. And if oh. they say, oh, we're not going to be ready for a week, a week meant a day. A day meant an hour. You get it? So like if he says, oh, it's yeah. not going to be ready for three days, that means three hours. By I the, get By it. the book. Or like, you know, like in the Martian where they're like, how long will it take to get this thing up? And they're like, if we do the testing, like, what if we don't do the testing? Yeah. What if we don't do it? I've been trying to, you know, I'm always trying to instruct my daughter in in interesting things. Merlin mansplaining to my daughter. Uh, (laughs) I've been trying to tell her about something that I've been doing for many years uh, to, to much great effect. And here's the thing. So we'll do this when we're talking about mommy behind her back. You know, like, for example, like her birthday's coming up. We want to talk about something. So what do you do when you're talking about somebody and then they enter the room the last thing you want to do is stop talking because that seems weird. Mm. Like if somebody's having a conversation, they suddenly stop talking. The natural, you know, uh, inference is that they're talking about you and now they've stopped. So I have a way around this. Okay. Which would you like to hear? Yeah. Now you, you can apply this. You can come up with your own phrase, however you want, but you need a phrase that you know very, very well that you can deploy without even thinking about it and sound very natural but it's a way that you can just have a phrase that you insert almost anywhere and, uh, and, and then you can stop talking about somebody without them noticing. And so I'll, I'll demonstrate it yes, for you. Yes, please do. Well, you know, mom's birthday is coming up and, you know, she, she doesn't really like to get electronic things. So maybe we could get her a necklace. And by the time we got there, they were all out of violins. <laughs> it seems very natural. That works. Natural way. That seems yeah. natural. Yeah, so the waiter comes up, and you're like, God, this guy, I think, yeah, I think he put his dick in the mashed potatoes. And by the time we got there, they were all out of violins. <laughs> yeah. See, try it. No, I'm not saying you have to use mine. Mine is extremely effective. That seemed like a very natural change in conversation. Do you but usually everybody... raise the volume like that at the end, too? Yeah, because that makes it less suspicious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we help a lot of people. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, God, I have so many things to talk about. Uh, have you yet... Played with, <clears throat> have you yet played with iPhone apps that help with blocking spam and nuisance calls? Yeah, there, there is one, I think, is it, isn't it just called Blocker? Didn't we talk about that once? Did we? I mean, I'm trying Haya. 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 Uh, I'm, I can't tell if it's working or not. No. Because apparently there's a bug. The Haya people say that there is a known issue on Apple's end where currently, so, so basically what's called PhoneKit, they've got this new AP set of APIs that allows you to do stuff with the phone app that was heretofore not possible. So mm. like in the past, if you got a call, you could block it in the future. Right. Right? Sure. Or you could like, you know, you could go copy the number and go paste it into Google. But, you know, Android has apparently had this in a variety of ways for a while where it's not difficult on i'm told it's not difficult on android to get a service where as soon as one of those and let's just say the volume of these calls has gone way up in the last even like three months Mm. tons of nuisance calls and um 
And so basically, I think Android's had that for a while. Now, the idea is with this particular, this new API, is you can make an app where when the phone rings, it searches against their database of scams, spams, fraud, etc. Okay. And then it pops up in the caller ID. Where it'll say like, you know, um, you know, these suspected scams, suspected spam, like known. And so, and like with, with Haya, it's again, one of those crowdsource thing where people go in and they like report this number, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like a crowdsource thing and a database updates and so forth. But there's a known, I think there's a known issue where for some reason in 10, whatever it's on right now, I'm on the beta and it's still not really working, but supposedly the problem is that you can't actually do the thing it's meant to do, which is automatically block the calls. But I'm not even getting the spam notifications, so I'm not sure I'm doing it right. Mm. I'm very interested in this, though. I think this is a very interesting new frontier. And I, I hope it becomes very useful. I almost got, uh, I almost got fished, spearfished last night. Really? <laughs> spearfished? Whatever it's called. Uh, but I got, a, I, got a, I got, anyway, I won't go into it, but I got a text that a, that a service... So, oh, your your account has been deedly deedly d, and I looked at it and I was like, ah! And then I noticed it's like, well, why is there a space between pay and pal, and why is the address not PayPal? You know, it's yeah. but it's funny though. Like when you get stuff like that, even if you're like a smart smart cookie, you still kind of panic a little bit, yes. and it's like, oh my god, I got to fix this problem. And then I looked, and the URL is some mystery meet subdomain on a site uh, slash question mark equals my phone number. So clearly that's just, they just, whatever, not a dictionary attack. What do you call it? They war dialed a bunch of numbers and just sent that number as the string. And so anybody that would respond to that, they go, oh, this dingling. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough though. And I understand what There's you mean. There's a lot of this, the ransomware. There's so much stuff out there right now that's hitting so many people. I hate it. Yep. I just want to, you know what I want to do? I'm shut push, it down. Push away from the desk, shut it down. Shut take it Take myself down. off the grid again. Mm-hmm. And just go back to like 1987. Things Did you good. see? Things were really good. Oh, it was fantastic with we the stock market crashing yeah. and tears for fears. Did Did you look at the video a listener sent us? The video of, I think it's an English TV show from 1984. Yeah. Introducing email. Yeah, that was wild. It was, it's so sweet. It took a lot of work to send an email. It's actually incredibly easy. <laughs> You unplug the British Telecom plug from here and plug it into this. And now put that onto the modem. And then rotary dial. And now log into here. You go to this area, to the bulletin board, and tick, 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 tick. The characters are appearing on screen. Because what would that be? Probably 300 baud? I guess. I don't remember it being quite that bad when I... Well, this is 1984. I mean... But it's also, it's so funny. Go to the Prodigy area and look for room 1652. <laughs> it's so, it's, it really feels like, you know, did you see Adam and um, Adam's thing, the computer show? Yeah, I saw that at XOXO. Oh, right. Yeah, right, right. It's kind of, it's like that. I love that stuff. I could watch that stuff. Oh, love it, love it, love it. It's fun. Also, the woman, a uh, young woman in that looks so much like my, a combination of my eighth and ninth grade crushes in one girl. She's like a rat king of crush title. Wow. A rat king of crush. She looks like the girl in my eighth grade advanced English class. And she looks like the, the, uh, the kind of like the, the hot girl with tight pants from ninth grade. Ooh. Mm. Mm. <sighs> Curling irons all the way down. 
Good morning. Should I go through some of these things that uh, people have written to us? I, I would like to listen to them. Um, I don't know why. You know, I like to respond. Um, listener John writes to say a long while back uh, in a back to work episode, Merlin talked about a theory or matrix comparing the difficulty of a task versus the importance of a task. I think he might be conflating two things here, but basically he says, um, you know, hard task, critical importance equals stress. I wasn't able to remember it. Uh, thank you, listener John. Uh, I think this might be two different things, but they are both matrices and they're both super interesting to me. One of them is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's idea of flow, for mm. which I have a diagram here on the wall. And that matrix, let me get the light to turn on. Um, that matrix is um, an X, wait, X, wait, Y is the up and down one, right? X uh, and Y is up and down, yeah, right. X is horizontal. It's too true. The X axis is your level of skill. We'll put this in notes. The Y axis is your level of challenge. And then the eight different states that arise as a result of those, assuming three levels of challenge, three levels of skill. So just try to imagine that. So, and and I know some of you have heard this, but this is fascinating stuff. Go read about this. What he's basically saying is like, let's say you're working on a task at which you have a, a very high level of skill, right? But in which you are presented a very low level of challenge. Yes. That's relaxation. If you are very, very good at something that's not hard, you know, sometimes you just want to sharpen pencils or file like that would be where would video video games fit with that or they are those hard? Well, that's the thing. I guess it depends on how challenged you are by the game, because look at this one here. You get if you have a medium level of skill and a very low level of challenge, that's boredom. Right. I mean, these are such different states. Now, what if it's a very low level challenge and a very low level of, of of skill? Like it's not hard and you're not good at it. Eh, apathy. Right. But then you get into interesting stuff. Let's say it is a medium level of challenge and a high level of skill. You, you are in the realm of control because you, you know what's going on. I've done this and I'm really good at it. Let's get to some other ones. Let's go to the other end. Let's say it's something where it is extremely challenging and you have very low skill. Let's say somebody just puts a Mandarin in front of you and says, start translating this. That is anxiety. If you have a very high level of challenge and a medium level of skill, that is arousal. And then the state that's discussed in the titular book and his whole kind of deal is if you have a very high level of challenge and a very high level of skill, that's when you get into a flow state. That is where, and then, you know, I don't, I'm not sure, I don't know what the science on this is, but Csikszentmihalyi's idea is that when you're very challenged by something you're very good at, you go into a flow state. That's when you stop noticing what time it is. You stop, ha- you stop having to think about what you're doing. You don't have to make lists. You just kind of know, you sort of see the path before you. Right. You, don't, you don't really have to, to think about it. You don't feel those, those ruts in the road. So that's one, of the, that's one of the matrices. We've talked about it a lot. Um, I think I put the Wikipedia entry for that for flow. Yeah. Flow is in the notes. You can go and check it out. Now I'll see if I was correct. What does it say? In positive psychology, flow, also known as the zone, is the mental state of operation in which a person performing an activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process. Characterized by complete absorption in what one does. So, I don't know. I, I think that's very interesting, even just as a mental model to just think about. I, I, you, I, you know, I think on the page, yeah, yeah, you can see the, uh, if you go to um, the flow page on Wikipedia, you'll see that diagram that I have over my desk right here. It just as an intellectual uh, thing, a mental model, I think it's just very interesting to think about. But it's also a nice way to troubleshoot. Like, you know, <laughs> if you're feeling 
apathetic about what you have to do today, ask yourself if it's challenging enough and you're good enough at it. If you're feeling really anxious today, well, maybe you're, maybe you'll find that you're working on something that's extremely challenging and you're not good at. If you need to get a sense of control, work on something where you have uh, a very high level of skill and it's a medium level of challenge that might be very stimulating. Mm -hmm. So thinking about what kinds of work you want to do in a given day as a practical component, as you say, think about Mm -hmm. like how your energy and enthusiasm works at various times of day. Don't do something that requires a high level of challenge and a low level of skill if it's right after lunch because you're going to be tired. You're going to be all burritoed out. So that's one. I think the other one, is it, may I continue? Yeah, I'm just making notes. Oh, thank you. Stephen Covey. Did you spell burritoed O-E-D? Uh, yeah, Old English Dictionary. Okay. <laughs> old English Dictionary, we called. Sometimes I say things wrong because it's funny. Other times I just don't know what I'm saying. Okay, matrix number two. Digga, 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 digga. This is the Matrix uh, that has been introduced by Stephen Covey in one of his books with uh, it's probably Seven Habits of Deedly Deedly Dee. He makes uh, little trapper keepers. He makes trapper keepers. You can get a Covey planner, a Covey Franklin. You get a Franklin Covey. You can get a, a Covey Matrix. You know that'll cost you in New Orleans? Get a Franklin Matrix? No. Woo! Is that like a muffaletta? Mm-hmm. You bet it is. Well, if you bring in two, an olive spread. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. That's my favorite pole dancer, Olive Spread. Um, oh my God, for laugh, <laughs> like a nine volt battery. Wow. So you get this grid, and uh, this is this is one of the two things. See, I hate to damn this guy with faint praise. He's such a guru mm. that, like, oh, he's so lauded. There are two concepts from Stephen Covey that I find incredibly sticky. One of those concepts is his concept of do you have your ladder against the right wall? What a great way to think about your work. Are you getting really good at something that's not the thing you should be getting good at? Interesting idea. You've climbed to the top of a ladder of nothing. And the other thing of his that I love is this grid, which is very thought-provoking. So imagine a two-by-two grid, right? A table with uh, two rows and two columns. So you've got tasks that are important. You've got tasks that are unimportant Mm -hmm. as against tasks that are urgent and tasks that are not urgent. So it does help a lot to look at this to understand what we're talking about here. And he's basically saying, uh, think about where you really want to be spending your time. Um, I think most of us would say that we are quote unquote busy because we're spending a lot of time on things that are both important and urgent. Meaning, you know, it's valuable. It's valuable that it gets done and it's extremely, um, it's critical that it be done quickly. You know what I mean? Yes. You're putting out fires. So a lot of people are just dealing like, what is the thing that is most important and most urgent? What's the thing that must get, that's important to get done quickly is one way to think about it. And I think what he's counseling in some ways is to make sure you are thinking about all of those other quadrants. If you only look at the column of urgency, you're going to work on important and urgent things first, right? So you're going to be dealing with, as he says here, crises, pressing problems, fighting fires, et cetera. Now let's say you even focus on urgent things that are not important. Well, why would you do that? Well, because you have a job and people need things from you. It's not important to you, but it's important to someone else. If your boss, if your boss really wants the Henderson report or the Maisie Glatz file, you better go find it, even though he could damn well do it himself. That is urgent, but it's really not important. Could be calls, could be email, could be meetings. And then you got stuff over here. Let's look at the stuff that's not urgent and not important. That's stuff like, you know, is busy work stuff. You know, it's, it's just a waste of time or, or as he says here, pleasant activities. 
And my understanding is the, the quadrant of this grid he wants you to spend a lot more time on is stuff that is important, but not urgent. And in some ways, that's a very creative part of the quadrant. And as he says here, that includes prevention. It pre- it's relationship building, recognizing new opportunities to, again, a phrase I think he invented, sharpening the saw. Thinking about all the things you don't have to do today, right? But they yeah. are extremely important. But those not urgent things are constantly being pushed aside by the urgent things. And the truth is, a not important urgent thing is very likely to push out an important not urgent thing because we tend to favor urgency over importance. Hmm. Yeah, this is an old idea. People know this, but we need to hear this. I think this is a really, really good thing to think about. And we will put that into notes as well. Urgency over importance. Yeah. Is that on the Wikipedia anywhere? First things first. I guess that's from his first things first book. And so that is in response to listener John. I hope that, uh, hope that is useful. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I've never heard that and I've never read... Really? Yeah, urgency, urgency over importance. I mean, I get that concept and I think it's one of those things that makes sense. But it's again, it's different when you say, I think it needs to be said and I think it needs to be heard. There is a difference when you think of something like that in a conscious, tangible way in there. When you, when you hear someone say it and oh, explain yes. it and, and, and put it down like that. I, yes, absolutely. And I, I feel like I'm not, a, I'm not such a scholar of this stuff, but I think one of the great innovations, a little bit of a mixed blessing, but one of the great innovations of the, let's say, post-60s personal productivity wave was the idea of not just having a list of things, but having a list of things that was prioritized and where you've really thought about things like, like, this is the big rock. Like, these are the things I have to do. In time, this got a little fiddly. And it got down to those systems and forgive me if this is anybody's system. I'm not, I don't mean to criticize, but where you spend so much time taxonomizing what is it, what it is that you have to do that you aren't spending as much time doing it. So like, is this an A1 task? Is this a C3 task or like all these different kinds of things? But I, I do think it is useful. I mean, to me, there's, there's a very practical way that you can approach this, which is not for everybody, but it works for me. And this does actually feed into my notebook discussion too. But I mean, I think one thing it doesn't hurt to do is to begin your day with however your system works to begin your day with some very clear idea of what has to happen today. And so for example, I think it's very useful to start with your calendar. And if you're a good doobie and you're using your calendar only for things that have to happen today or they'll die, you'll be in much better shape here. Don't put garbage on your calendar. You look at your calendar and you say, okay, these are the big unmovable rocks of my day. This is where I have to be for this meeting. This is when I have to go pick up my kid, whatever your version of that is. And then you look at all the time in between. So you start with that kind of in mind. Then you think about what absolutely has to be done today that is not a calendar item. Right, right. And to me, you start with that. And even if you don't do it right now, you know, this is how dumb I am. I think it's really valuable to capture all the junk that's coming into your brain into what I would call an inbox, which for me would be a page in a notebook. I don't necessarily have to do everything on that page, but it's nice to know that any idea or thought or anxiety or concern or plan all goes onto this one page. And then once it's there, I figure out like what absolutely has to be done today. What can be ganged? What can be put off? What can be deleted? I think you could have a pretty good life by deciding there's three things you have to do every day. And if you think that doesn't sound like enough stuff, consider how important it is the 65 things you did today. If you did three extremely important things today, you might be way more productive than somebody who got 100 things done today. Because done today. if it's stupid stuff or it's not like the, the most 
best use of your time today, that's not actually that effective. It might be efficient, but it's not effective. Hmm. Wow, we have not gone this deep into douche mode in a while. It's a good one. No, I like this. This is a good one. You think this is one, one of the classics? I mean, people will no, want to no keep it. No, episode this. seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's, this is another of the many myriad wonderful things I picked up from John Syracuse. He calls it Dumbo's Feather. You know, Dumbo didn't know spoilers. Dumbo didn't really need the feather to fly. You know, it's just that there are some certain kinds of things that if you can get your mind right about something, it, dealing with the little bumps in the road can make it a lot easier. And these kinds of little mental models, I think, are really can be really useful. You know, you don't need to fetishize them, but it's a nice way to go like, hmm, I need a way to sort of visually expose the way that I'm thinking and doing. And these little matrices can be very useful. Csikszentmihalyi's uh, diagram on flow and Stephen Covey's quadrants. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Okay. Time I'm down with it. Time management grid. So thank you to uh, listener John. Shall I continue? Yeah, sure. All right. Or I can tell, um, you, tell you about something I like. Oh my God, of course. Please tell me about something you like. I like well, these you- are all, I got a lot of odds, as you say, odds and sods. I like that. I like the shows where you come in, you got a list, you got, re- you know, mm-hmm. you're ready to go. Got a lot of lines here. Dan, tell me about something you like. I would tell you about Squarespace if you had Squarespace. asked. You had asked, so I will. Mm. Squarespace lets you create beautiful, professionally designed websites, regardless of your skill level. No coding required. What I love about Squarespace is back in the old days, back in that video we were talking about, if you wanted a website, you would have to hire someone like her, that woman, to build it for you. And she would charge you thousands and thousands of dollars to build it. And you'd say, you know what? We're spending a ton of money and a ton of time. And it doesn't make sense because this, we, but, but wait a minute, we got to have this website. You got to, I was just, you know what, Merlin? I was in the, in my gym the other day and I overheard two people in there talking about, oh, you go, oh, you got to have a website. No, you got it. You can't have a business from the website. Everyone knows this. It's common knowledge now. And so Squarespace is here to make it so that you don't need to take time away from the thing that you're good at doing, which is probably not making amazing, beautiful websites. And instead of focusing all of your time and energy and effort and or a ton of money on building something amazing, you go to Squarespace and for a few dollars a month, you can have the most amazing, beautiful website anywhere because they have Really, really super talented people building the sites. They have intuitive, easy-to-use tools. And you even get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. It's, it's a one-stop shop. It's got everything. And all you need to do to get your site or to recommend it to your friend or like I did the people that you overhear in the gym, say, oh, go check out Squarespace. They're like, really? Yeah. Squarespace.com slash back to work. And if they do that when they're signing up and enter the code, it's your show, all one word, they will get 10% off their first purchase. Again, squarespace.com slash back to work supports the show. It's your show, one word, and they will, or you will get 10% off your first purchase. Go there, check it out. That code is in the show notes if you forget it. And we really appreciate, uh, appreciate, appreciate Squarespace's ongoing support. Thank you. Thanks, Squarespace. Fuck, fuck. Thank you, Squarespace. I am a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a user. I'm, I'm a, a fan runner. of man. <clears throat> mm. Great movie. It still holds up. I don't know what that is. A Devil's Advocate? Oh. Is that uh, Al, Pacino. Al Pacino? Yeah. Oh. You're darn I, right it is. Is Keanu Reeves in that? Uh, yes, but it's still a good movie. Okay. Hmm. Flow. 
Okay, this is going to be lots of very quick odds and sods from right. listeners. Um, <laughs> I got Van Hooted by listener Steven. Listener Steven, FYI, 70% alcohol is better at disinfecting than 99 or 100% alcohol because pure alcohol creates a protective layer on the cell wall of bacteria, which protects it, but 70% does not, and the alcohol can get inside the cell walls and kill bacteria. Also, higher concentration alcohol evaporates more quickly. I believe every single word of that, I was talking about cleaning a mouse. And I think the higher percentage alcohol is better for a couple reasons, one of which is that higher concentration alcohol evaporates more quickly. I want more alcohol and less water. So that's why I do that. Thank you. Thank you, listener, Stephen. I don't use, I don't think I use alcohol for anything but cleaning things. When you, and when you say cleaning, you're talking about debris removal, not germ removal. No, 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 no. What I'm talking about is here on my mousing surface with my mousing device. What I'll do is I will take the uh, Walgreens brand 91% isopropyl alcohol. I'll put a bunch on a paper towel and I'll just wipe around the whole area where my mouse goes. And while I'm wiping that, I will notice if there's any funny little gritty bits or gummy bits, right? And then I'll do the same thing and I'll rub it on the bottom of the mouse. Are there grimy and gummy bits on there? Um, it's really, it's good for lots of stuff like, like removing a little bit of debris from a thing. Cause it used to be, you really needed this. Remember cleaning, oh, how gross it was to clean your rollerball mouse. And you oh, get that yeah, little. You have to open it up and and wipe the take whole out thing. The ball yeah, and the, the little, the little, the little gray ball. The, the two, there's a little gray ball which was very satisfying. Yes, and there are those two little white wheels that it used to turn on a couple of, you know, the two axes right. that we used. To yeah, turn. and those things would I forgot about get, the wheels, <laughs> the white get, plastic wheel, the little chiclet wheel, and then it would get this line. This like little like boulevard of gum all the way around it, and you'd have to get in there, and without damaging it, you'd like try to strip it off in one piece, like an apple peel. Mm-hmm. Mm, flavor country, and then uh, you could do alcohol on that. So anyway, Lister Stephen, thank you very much for that. I was talking more about cleaning things. Now, now I will also be open to the idea that seventy percent is better for cleaning. It just it strikes me as a layperson that a higher percentage of alcohol for cleaning is good because it's got less water and it's less likely to damage an electronic part. It evaporates. Boy, I've been going crazy with the uh, silica gel, buddy. Really? What? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm deploying it tactically throughout the house. It's going in shoes. It's going in water bottles. It's going in many places. Here's it? the thing I do. When I store a water bottle, I clean out the water bottle. Yeah. If I'm not going to use it or a jar. Uh, this could just be like a dumb superstition, but I clean it really well. I dry it really well. And when I historically do this, it's going to sound nuts. I'll put some squished up newspaper into the bottle and then close it. Because newspaper is great at absorbing odors and keeping, um, you know, odors and moisture. But now sometimes I'll drop a little silica pack in there. Oh, buddy. Those are great to have around. Get some of those people. Get some of these packs. A little silica pack. Silica pack. (laughs) Silica pack. They're very effective. I got my relative humidity, what did I say, down to like 16% with one of those? That's a very low percent. Thank you to listener Steven. You're like a humidity obsessed person it seems i'm a relative humidity nerd i've become very interested in in humidity because it's not the, not the heat it's the not obsession. the heat obsession obsession <laughs> reflection that was a good commercial mm. i think the parody the saturday night live parody with uh, phil hartman was better do you remember that vaguely oh my god okay let's take a moment it's probably not gonna be up. Uh, 
Do you remember the ad though? It was like, she was like, okay, go search for compulsion. Phil Hartman. Compulsion. Do you want me to play? You know what? I have the ability. Can you play it? I can play it. Hold on a second. And so just for folks who don't remember the eighties in in the mid eighties. What what am I searching for? Phil Hartman. Compulsion by Calvin Klein with a K. Um, So there were these ads for obsession that were very, very memorable. And it was basically this guy talking about this mysterious woman. She was like a dream. And, And in the background, there's this fairly surreal like activity. She's running around. She's touching people's faces. Calvin Klein, Obsession by Calvin Klein. You ready? And this is Compulsion by Calvin Klein. She was like the air, brittle and easily broken. How could one so perfect be so flawed? Dearest. Not now. I'm busy. She was an incandescent angel, dancing on the edge in a ritual that was both innocent and jejun. Yes, <laughs> she was. A translucent figure, glowing in the light and fire of her overwhelming passion. Save me. Why? I wonder which was the greater transgression. <laughs> loving her or abiding her immaculate madness? A little club soda will get that out. Liar! She was consumed, <laughs> obsessed, never able to enjoy her own party. I alone felt her torment, her deepest secrets known only to me. If keeping a clean house is a crime, then let me be guilty. Guilty. Poor frightened creature. What was it we could not give her, or she understand? <laughs> She's she can't stop cleaning. The vacuum, yeah. Somewhere between cleanliness and godliness lies compulsion, the world's most indulgent disinfectant. From Calvin Klein. It's cute. I miss Phil Those Hartman. Those were the days, man. Phil Hartman, man. Everything he touched. Oof. Wish he hadn't, uh, wish he hadn't disappeared. Oh, my God. That was such a sad day. I'll never forget that day. Hmm. Seems so, really, so strange. Such a strange. Weird way to go. Yeah. Uh, listener Rodney. Hi, Dan and Merlin. I finally decided to email you about my process for reading RSS feeds. Uh, cutting to the chase, he recommends Feedler Pro for... I think. Let's see what it is. Yeah, for uh, for iOS, he's recommending. If you want a good uh, reader, he says get Feedler Pro Two. It's four ninety nine, and you can import your OPML file into it. Kind of cool. I thought that was good. I'm still using Reader, and I just just use it out of habit. What do you use on uh, iOS? I am not really using one. I've got a couple, but I've kind of just given up on RSS feeds completely and I'm using the Apple News app. It's my favorite oh, right, app right, on right. iOS 10. I still like it. You're the it. only person who says that. I know. I know. It seems like cr- almost almost literally you're no, the No, I know I am. I'm the only yeah. user. Apple uh told me that. They're going to change it to Apple Dan. <laughs> just call it they're going to just make sure that I'm, you know, I'm the ambassador for it. I think it's a really really weird app that uh that I don't have to think very hard about finding stuff that that's usually the kind of stuff I want to read. All right, good for you. I, I I still like Nuzzle for stuff like that. Um, I like to Nuzzle a little. Apple Dan, the soft mat. Um, bum, 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 bum. So thank you to listener Deedly D, listener Rodney for that suggestion. Uh, another good suggestion here. This is from a listener Jackson. Hi guys, last week of the week prior talked about blue light blocking glasses. 
Um, these are really cool. He says, I got a couple of sheets of these with these being light dims, the original strength light dimming LED covers. And so basically you get a bunch of little decals. I think they're like, you know, static stickers and, uh, all different size, little dots. Like I've gotten this in sheets where you can cut them to size. And the idea is you get this little static sticker and you can put it over lights that bother you. You've done this, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I haven't used the sticker version. I've seen the sticker version. I I use the, uh, I still am the gaffer tape, but it's not, your your spouses will probably not like the gaffer tape as much as they will like this suggestion because this looks clean. It looks like it's supposed to be there. It doesn't look like someone put tape all over something. And, and look, I you actually have a crazy person. I do that. I, I put it over the logo on our TV. Oh, I, I have, I have a little it. sound machine in one of the rooms that has just all, it looks like a Frankenstein's monster of, uh, of tape just all over it, all wrapped around it. You have a, yeah, you have a, you have an Amazon echo. Um, do you, have you discovered uh, nature sleep sounds? Oh yeah. I like that. Alexa. Play nature sleep sounds. Echo, play nature sleep sounds. Nature sounds for sleep from Amazon Music. Oh, nice. Now try, hail it and say, set a sleep timer for 45 minutes. Echo, set a sleep timer for 45 minutes. Okay, I'll stop playing in 45 minutes. Disco. My daughter loves this. Isn't that kind of pleasant? It's really nice. Sorry, everybody, with an echo. Yeah. <laughs> We're helping people out with different things. That was listener Jackson. This is mostly what I've got. Uh, there were some other things. What else came up that people have said? Echo, stop. Yeah. You want to make sure everybody in your house knows that command. Echo, stop. Yeah. 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 Um, Alexa, who's the mother of dragons? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> They're geeky over have, there. I don't have too much more. We should skip the notebook stuff for today. I want to talk about uh, notebook stuff and journaling uh, as a a form of CBT at some point. Oh, I think it's a terrific idea. Wow, yeah, my wife got a really good mindfulness app and a book that she's really enjoying. I know it's not CBT, but um, I would love to hear about it. Okay, well let's 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 do that. I. I I'm not prepared to talk about that today, but I would really enjoy that. And, you know, maybe let's do this. Let's do an episode, if you if you are interested, in our contrasting ways we use a notebook, what we, use, what we do and don't use a notebook for. Because I think we both probably use it for fairly specific reasons, or in your case, a journal, right? Yeah, I would love that. That would sound like a really cool topic. My daughter has started writing, and it's very like interesting. Like stories, fiction? Songs. I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass her. I'm trying to steer away from embarrassing her, but no, it's amazing. I got a one of the, you know, those little mini legal pads, the little yellow pads. It's just fill up. Like she'll go out on the back porch by herself. She's like, don't come out here. I'm going to be out here. Oh, and she'll so just cute. write like four pages on her own. It's so, so fun. Makes me so happy. She's also the best reader in her class. We found out. Really? Yeah. I don't like to brag, but I'm going to brag. That made me happy. Oh, you should. Yeah. That's all I, I don't, I don't really care about anything. I just want her to like 
reading and music. Mm-hmm. Other than that, she could be a dumpster fire. I don't care. As long as she's a reading dumpster fire. That was a terrible PBS show for kids. Do you remember that reading dumpster fire? I've, no, you're kidding. So hosted by Jordy LaForge. What? That was not dumpster fire. It was reading Rainbow. <laughs> One man's rainbow is another man's dumpster fire. Take a fire. look. It's in a book. At the end of the dumpster fire, you'll find a pot of gold. Wow, what a morning this has been. Yeah. This is one for the books. I, I, I'm I, good. I think that, I think, you got anything else? No, I mean, I'm good if you're good. I mean, it's your show. Anyways. I could tell you quickly about Plex. Yeah, I mean, yeah, drop the bomb. Okay, Plex. Plex is amazing. And when you get the Plex Pass, you get all this cool stuff. Plex, as we've talked about numerous times before, is a media manager. They just introduced something very interesting. So in the past, you've had something called Cloud Sync, which means you've got your local media files. And on a, I think on a file-by-file basis, you can say, sync this to the cloud. So you basically go and you, you authenticate with Google Drive or Dropbox or Box or what have you, and then allocate how much disk space it's allowed to use from right, those services. Right. And then you say, okay, like sync this version of my home movie to whatever Dropbox. Nice thing there is once that's done, you set the level of encoding that you want. Now your server, whatever server you had does not have to be up in order for you to view that. So that's kind of a handy thing. It's been really cool. They just introduced a new thing that is it's in beta, but it's called Plex Cloud. And so, you know, like Amazon's got S3. They've also got a kind of storage called what? What is the name of it? Plex Cloud, Amazon. Oh, Amazon Cloud Drive? Mm-hmm. And I, I'd heard about this, but haven't given, given it much thought. Um, I think it's, you, everybody gets a certain like five gigs free. You get quote unquote unlimited storage on Amazon for like $60 a year. Do you know about this? I have this, heard about this. This is bananas. It's bananas. And I, I, I don't really need, uh, I can't believe I'm at a point in life where I'm saying I don't need unlimited, I don't need more unlimited storage, but it's pretty crazy. So basically if you, so you can have this, the free account, everybody with Amazon prime has comes with so many gigs and you do your own due diligence. But the nut of it is that they have a cloud service that uh, it's not as sophisticated as Dropbox. You still have to use a client to get there, but with your Plex install, and if, once you're on the beta, if you're a Plex Pass user, you can go in and say, I want to do this <clears throat> cloud sync deal. And that just basically becomes, this is the really interesting part. I, I can't wait to see if this actually works at scale. But right now, like right now, if you want to have a Plex server, you have to have a Plex server with media on a disk and something that can uh, encode that for streaming, right? So that could be a NAS. It could be a Mac, right? right? But there's there's at least three parts to that. You've got the media, um, You've got, you know, the media on a drive stored somewhere, and then you've got a way to encode and serve it. So with the Amazon cloud thing, once you've got it set up and you've created, it makes a folder called, you know, whatever, Plex Cloud. If, again, following the XBMC rules, you drop stuff into a TV folder, a movie folder, a home videos folder, a photos folder. That stuff all uploads to Amazon Cloud with quote-unquote unlimited storage. And now here's the crazy part. That's already pretty crazy, right? Now, the other crazy part is Amazon handles the processing to stream it to you. So you don't need... Oh, that's awesome. If or when this works. I'm not persuaded this thing is done yet. It's very much in beta. I'm also not sure like how much of your personal media files you'd want to put unencrypted on Amazon. But, you know, it is... You know what I'm saying? 
No, you I get do. My chip, right? Yeah. Uh, but I've been experimenting with a little bit. My problem is I'm using expand drive as my client for it. And it's being really, really weird. So if anybody has an alternative now, Syracuse says he has great luck with expand drive. I'm not having great luck with it. It's crashing the finder and my finder won't come up until I do a logout. I remember him talking about expand drive back in hypercritical time period, wasn't he? It was one of the, yeah, when it came out, it was, I, if memory serves, it was one of those kind of magic apps. It was mm-hmm. sort of like a system, I don't say sister app to transmit, because God, how do you compare it to transmit? But I wish transmit had this. I would love to be using transmit for this, but expand drive, essentially, it lets, there's any variety of different cloud services that become mountable drives. Isn't that it in a nut? Yeah. So it just shows want, up and it looks like a drive. It works like a drive, but it's actually up there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think there's still a lot of stuff to work out, but that is, I, I threw up some photos, I threw up some home videos, but it's still, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't think it does a lot of stuff to the files until you like log in the next time. Mm. Cause it, obviously it's not just running all the time. That would be probably prohibitively expensive. So it's like an on-demand thing. All I would say is if you're a Plex user and you're interested, go and check this out, go read up on it. It's definitely a very interesting idea from a company that I really like a lot. Should uh, you should get in? You got to fill in. a little survey. You tell them about your habits and what you do, and uh, yeah, very interesting. Doesn't that seem bananas? We live in an age where you could have like a terabyte of Dropbox. Yeah, you know, theoretically unlimited. Isn't that a nutty idea? It really is. Mm. It's magical times. Yo, final, final, last thing. I end shows like I name Photoshop files. Version three, final, final, final. Um, Dan, would you like to update us on your Hue lights and what our go forward go forward strategy is for discussing that? Ah, uh, yes, I have. Uh, they are they are they are not hooked up yet, but they will be very shortly, hopefully in time. Uh, for, well, I would think at this point, certainly in time for next week's show. So I would I would love to talk about that. We could talk about the journaling stuff, the CBT stuff, the mindfulness app and book that your wife is into, and so much Capture more. It. Capture, capture it. it got it wow this is this is one for the books we've helped a lot of people seriously veteran we'll, epipen uh we want to thank our friends at uh, fresh books and squarespace we should we should acknowledge those are two sponsors they're tent pole tent pole yeah and not at all pragmatic they're excellent sponsors they've been very good to us and uh you got to check them out love it do you find my enthusiasm overwhelming uh, i mean i appreciate it i think you wouldn't be the first you've woken up since the beginning yeah. of the show I'm a woke man. All right, let's uh, button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 